Welcome, welcome. This is Gabe Hernandez, your publisher in EIC for ComicalOpinions.com. It is Monday, December 4th, 2023. Happy December. <laughs> I hope everybody had a great weekend, and we're going to jump right into it to talk about how in a recent issue of uh, Marvel's Moon Knight number 29, writer Jen McCain introduces a particular change for uh, between two characters that have a, a lasting impact on vampire lore. And unfortunately, that lasting impact is destructive and detrimental, if you want to use a bigger word, because it was an interesting idea in the moment. But at the when you think about the, the consequences of that particular change, it has lasting detrimental impact to vampire lore throughout all of Marvel Comics. And, you know, hats off to Jed McKay for trying to do something different, but it was a bad idea. And shame, shame, shame on Marvel Editorial for not catching this problem, recognizing the downstream consequences of this problem, and stopping it before Winter Press. But it's too late now. It's out there, and now we got to deal with it. But this is this op-ed is more of a cautionary tale than an actual uh, long-term uh, view on just state of the industry. But before we start, please like, comment, share, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. Even if the comment's negative, even if you downvote it, or if you're listening in this on your uh, YouTube, or not YouTube, but your podcast platform of choice, please let us know how we're doing. We're always looking to do better. Your feedback is super important to make sure that happens. So let us know how we're doing. Okay, so let's get into it. So if if you're watching on the screen, and if you're not, if you're just listening to this, I'll describe it. In this week's issue of Moon Knight number 29, Jed McKay introduces a scenario where a serial killer by the name of Zodiac enters the Midnight Mission and attempts to try and kill one of Moon Knight's allies by the name of Reese. And now she's a vampire, but she's a vampire that I don't think she's ever uh, killed a human or taken human blood. So she's sort of in that in-between state of mostly vampire, but enough of her human control that she can act as a good guy. Well, now what happens is when the two characters interact, Zodiac doesn't bring a crucifix with him or a Star of David or any kind of holy relic. What he does, though, is he manages to water off. And how does he do it? Because he's wearing a name necklace that says Zodiac. And the way he... Whew, I gotta take a minute on that one. The way he describes it is he believes in himself so thoroughly that he imbues his name necklace, which says Zodiac, with the power of his belief, and somehow that wards off Reese, who is a vampire, uh, as it would a crucifix or a Star of David. Uh, that, uh, it doesn't work. I understand what Jeff McKay was trying to do. It doesn't work. Let me explain why vampires are warded off. Then we can see why this doesn't work and why it should have been stopped in the first place. In the, in the, in the first case of how do, how do vampires actually work, and there's precedence in other issues where it's not always a crucifix. The way it works is the believer has faith. The faith is acts as a conduit through that believer to imbue whatever object they're holding, in most cases a crucifix. And an example here that we have from Uncanny X-Men number 159 from 1982, written by Chris Claremont, Kitty Pride actually was able to ward off Dracula with her Silver Star of David. In those cases, what's happening is the belief in the object isn't belief in just the object. The belief is in some higher power. 99% of the time, it's going to be God. And that belief acts as a conduit that imbues the object with God's power and his holiness and his goodness and his light to push back the darkness and the evil that's within vampires. So the belief isn't what makes it happen. The belief acts as a conduit to take God's power and channel it through that device, whether it's a crucifix or whatever it happens to be. 
So when you say, I have belief in myself, that's only half the equation. It, has, it can't be belief in yourself. It has to be belief in a higher power because that power is what funnels through the object, whether it's a ward or totem or whatever the, the object may be, uh, to kind of push the vampire away through the innate darkness and evil that is within them. So what's the big deal? Why is this a problem? Well, you know, who cares? Who cares? You know, he believes in himself. That's kind of a cool idea because what that does is now it introduces the concept that any ward can be created with the power of belief regardless of the nature of that belief. In this case, Zodiac is imbuing the, the power and belief of himself, which is a sort of uh, narcissistic self-confidence into that object. And somehow that power of obsessive narcissism is supposed to ward off a vampire. It's just basically a form of bad behavior or bad personality traits. It's supposed to be strong enough to ward off the darkness within a vampire, which doesn't make any sense. If you follow that logic through, what now what can happen is when Dracula's uh, king of king of the vampires, but also the head of the vampire nation in Chernobyl, or vampires are showing up in New York City, they have gang wars situated around uh, New York City. Uh, they have vampires all over the place. Now what happens is now you have this opportunity or this now canonical change that says a vampire can be warded off with any object as long as you believe strongly enough in it. It could be a rabbit's foot. It could be a compact mirror. It could be, uh, you know, <laughs> your kid's report card. If you believe strongly enough that they they should get the good grades, now you've imbued that object with the power of your belief that you can use that to ward off a vampire. So you see how that how that exponentially gets stupid? Is now you have the power of belief in anything for any reason now becomes strong enough to ward off vampires. What that does is now that it takes a massive downgrade for the threat level of all the vampires within the Marvel Universe. And it was a bad idea that never should have made it to print. So is Jed McKay at fault? Yes and no. He wrote the thing. So if it was his, his idea, unless editorial told him to come up with that idea, if he came up with that idea, shame on him for coming up with a boneheaded idea. I appreciate that he was trying to do something interesting. I appreciate that he was trying to kind of come up with something cool or twist on Marvel, uh, Marvel's version of vampires in their lore. Uh, but this, in this case, it was a wrong idea. More shame on editorial because editorial should know better. They should understand the lore. They should understand their characters. They should understand how Marvel uh, vampires in within Marvel Universe works. And when they see that idea, they should have the wherewithal to know that that idea was going to break something and then pull it back and say, no, nope, that idea is not going to work. You got to do something different or you need to come up with something clever. I mean, it really would not have been a big deal for Zodiac to say, come in with a cross or bring holy water or something. Uh, but he didn't do that. He tried to get clever and now that cleverness kind of broke things. So shame on them both more so on editorial than McKay because editorial's job is to vet and filter to make sure that whatever creative ideas the writer comes up with, that it is consistent and that it makes sense for the universe, but they didn't do that. So what's the lesson? If you're a comic creator, you've got to be more careful. You just got to be more careful about IPs and the cont continuity of the, of what you're writing and how the stories that you're writing today affect the creators that will come after you in some cases years later. Uh, if you're an editor, you got to do your job, especially at Marvel and DC. I'm, please, I'm begging you, please do your job. It's not about just coordinating deadlines. It's not just about spell checking and grammar. You have to check the content of the stories and how they're, what the ideas the creators are coming up with will affect continuity going forward. That is, that's in my mind, that's the, the first job. I can forgive a spelling mistake, but if you introduce a canon breaking change, uh, 
because you were just careless or didn't think it through, that's the bigger sin in my book. And if you're a reader, let the, let the publishers know. Publishers kind of take on this air, especially Marvel, take on this air of arrogance that they can do no wrong. Believe me, that is not the trick. It's <laughs> not the truth. That's how they act. It's certainly far from the truth. Send in your letters, send them the emails, send them all kind whatever messaging platform. Don't be, don't, don't harass. But if they're saying, you know, let us know how we're doing and send it at something, something at marvel.com, they usually find that on the last page of each comic. Send in those letters. Let them know that, that they made a mistake. Let them know that they are uh, not on top of things. They won't know unless you tell them because apparently nobody else will except for yours truly. So that's the cautionary tale. It's you've got to be careful when you create these uh, IP for existing characters that you don't break things. If it's a new character with a new comic and you make up all the rules you want, fine. Do whatever you want. If it's something brand new, you're creating the world, do whatever you want. But if you're creating a, if you're creating a comic or you're writing stories for an existing world with existing characters, you've got to be careful. For creators and editors both, you've got to be careful. So that's the op-ed today. <clears throat> Let us know what you think. Pardon me. Uh, please uh, leave a comment. Let me know if you have any other horror stories. Uh, there are all kinds of stories that are going on this week with everything from Alan Scott, the Green Lantern number two, to X-Men Blue, where uh, Alan Scott's, where apparently he's been retconned so that he got the Green Lantern from a trans friend in Arkham Asylum's conversion therapy we ward of something. It was wacky. And then X-Men Blue, X-Men Blue, where Nightcrawler's parentage was retconned so that way he's really the birth child of destiny and mystique and oh silly it's silly all kinds of retcons going on but i wanted to focus on something that was a little bit more tangible a little bit more direct and, and in my mind actually more far-reaching and destructive to a universe as a whole so there we go so that's it let me know how how what you think about this uh, particular change how you think it's going to affect Marvel going forward, or, and how you would have done it differently. So let's move on to the rest of the newsletter uh, to find out what we got for uh, coming up this week. So we've got the op-ed. Uh, oh, yeah, next up in our series re related to uh, making a comic, we are very close to finishing the character Bibles. If you are not subscribed, please subscribe, and you'll be notified right away as soon as we have the next episode up for making a comic. And we'll, have the, we'll show you how we, what we did for the character Bibles, We'll even, I think, include the templates so you can so you can do that for yourself if you're following along, and uh, and offer your ideas about how we can make the characters a little bit better. So let's talk about the reviews for this week. I won't go through all of them, but I will say that our pick for the week is 007 for King and Country number six. That is the end of the miniseries by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Dynamite Comics. Uh, Johnson did a heck of a job writing a, a really really great. James Bond adventure. So if you hadn't read that series, I'd recommend picking it up. That is our pick of the week. Coming up for next week, we have uh, an indie comic that we were supposed to do this week, but there was a delay from the creator, so we, it's going to get pushed this week. We have Captain Cush number one, which is an indie submission, and then Har Harvest of Horrors Reloaded number one. That is from Second Sight Publishing, but they're doing it as an indie uh, project. Uh, other Comics that we're getting to this week from more of the recognized publishers. We have The Sacrifices, number five, from Image Comics. That's from uh, Rick Remender, and that's been a fantastic series so far. We have Fire and Ice, number two, from Dynamite. That's based upon the Fire and Ice uh, film and art series. We have Transformers, number three, from Image. That's going to be uh, pretty, probably pretty good. Uh, the Creep Show Holiday Special 2023. It's a one-shot from Image. Uh, King Spong, number 28, also from Image. 
uh, big image this week, and uh, most of their series that we're reviewing are, are bangers. So I would expect some good things coming out of image this week. Possibly one of those will be our pick of the week. We also have Bloodborne, The Bleak Dominion, number three from Titan. Uh, Skeeter's number one, which is the start of a new uh, horror uh, miniseries from Mad Cave Studios. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales, volume two, number 78 from Zenoscope. Uh, Legendary, and that's not a misspelling, it is Legendary, Red Sonja, it's a one-shot. And Legendary is one of the alternate universes where uh, I believe uh, Red Sonja is sort of like a steampunk pirate kind of in that vein. Uh, we have Gumbreed number five and The Accursed number three, both from Blood Moon Comics. We have Scarlet Couture, The Munich File number five from Titan. I think that's the end of that particular volume, but we'll, we'll find out. And Project Reese number five, also from Mad Cage Studios. So that's it. It is Monday, December 4th, 2023. Thank you for tuning in. Again, if you could leave us a comment or a rating, let us know how we're doing. The algorithms and I would greatly appreciate it. If you have any comments or ideas about uh, future op-eds that you would like to see, let us know. And we'll be happy to take that into account. So this is uh, Gabe Fernandez for ComicalOpinions.com. You have a great day and we will talk soon.